everyone, and welcome to this podcast episode of Teach with Grace, a thoughtful podcast about the field of teaching in general, ESL, special and inclusive education. This podcast is for all types of educators, both aspiring and senior, as well as mainstream or virtual. I'm your host, Grace Wright, and I'm overjoyed to welcome you to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so excited to get started today. It's been a little bit. Uh, I initially planned on posting a podcast episode once a month, but with the crazy summer going by, I've been doing more over-the-summer tutoring, and I just hadn't had the opportunity to really think and reflect on what my next podcast episode should be, but I finally figured it out. So today, we are going to talk about creating a positive classroom atmosphere. And this podcast episode is for all of my virtual educators out there. So whether you're an out-school teacher, a VIP kid teacher, or just a mainstream virtual teacher, I wanted to talk about creating a positive classroom classroom atmosphere within that environment. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So to make a classroom feel warm, safe, and inviting, here is a list of a few things we as virtual educators can use to enhance the overall feel of our classrooms. So if there's one thing I love doing the most, it's making students feel welcome, making them feel comfortable in my classroom, whether they are ESL students, so English as a second language, or whether we're learning science or history or math or whatever the topic might be, I want the student to feel feel confident in my classroom and ready to go. I I don't want them to walk away from a class saying like, oh, teacher Grace is scary or, you know, she's too serious. I never want a student to feel that way about my classes. I want them to sit down, feel excited to turn on their laptops or iPads and want to be in my class. So here is just a few tips that I put together on the things that I think make my teaching style fun and encouraging. So here is tip number one, is having a good setup. So when you're an online educator like myself, a good setup is crucial for the well-being of your classroom. Crucial. I see so many times my teacher friends who don't have the best setup and they wonder why their enrollments are so low. Well, I hate to break it to you, but sometimes you might not have the best setup in the background. And it really does make a big difference because when that student logs in, the first thing they see is your background. Yes, they see your beautiful face and yes, they see your magical personality, but I promise that they're looking behind you. They are. So if you're sitting at your dining room table and there's a fan in the background and your dishes are in the cabinet in the background and your mess is everywhere, you know, they're looking at all of that. And I guarantee you that they might be paying attention more to your background than you, (laughs) depending on the student's ADHD level. But (laughs) you get my point that it matters. So that brings me to my first point, have a nice and welcoming background that is updated frequently. 
So there's many different ways on how to set up a nice background. You can either use Zoom, you could use a virtual background, and customize it yourself. And I can do another podcast episode on how to customize things like that. Or you can just go to Amazon. That's where mine is. I have a rainbow colored background. And all I did was went to Amazon and I typed in teacher backgrounds. That's that's all you have to do. And then you'll get a list of all these teacher backgrounds <laughs> that you can use for your virtual classroom. And then all you have to do is literally just pin it up behind you and it changes the whole feel of the classroom. It makes it feel welcoming and inviting and less like the student is taking a class in your garage. <laughs> it really does make a big difference. Trust me on this. Trust me. All right. And point number two for having a good setup is having good lighting. This is also crucial because if you have a good background, but the student cannot see your beautiful face or the nice colors of your background, it, this, the student, it's just going to look very poor. I promise. So I highly encourage anybody out there, whether you're a senior instructor or a newbie, to get something like a ring light or a box light. Again, you can order them from Amazon. They're very cheap. I think I paid maybe $10 to $15 for my ring light. And I just set it right behind my computer. And this little bit of lighting helps illuminate my eyes. It helps the student see my facial expressions better. And overall, it just makes the whole look of it and the whole feel of my classroom more positive. Like, definitely. And that brings me to point number three. And this is my last point for having a good setup. Is to make your sound quality good by using either a mic or a headset with a mic. I highly recommend doing a headset because sometimes it's hard to hear my students and it's good to have them kind of more in my ears. <laughs> and I know some teachers might not like that, but I highly encourage you to just try it. Uh, uh, having a mic on the headset helps avoid echo and allows for clear audio without having to speak loud. So it really does clear up the audio a lot. And I've tested this with many of my classes where I'll get on, I'll film a lecture using my mic, and then I'll film a lecture without my mic. And y'all, the sound quality with the mic is eons better than the sound quality without the mic. Just try it, please. Just trust me. <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about awards. And I know a lot of educators either love or hate awards. And honestly, I think it depends on the student. Some students are extremely self-motivated and they don't need that extra push of something like stars or candy. Uh, but there are a lot of students out there that do benefit from these type of awards. So here are just a few things that I do for my virtual learners. Now, keep in mind that I normally don't give awards to students over the age of 10 because odds are they normally find them kind of cheesy. So I definitely use them for more kind of elementary aged students. So here's point number one. Use physical stars and awards for students. 
Uh, I like to include either their favorite characters or their favorite colors on the stars that I give them. So basically, when a student does a good job in my class, I actually show them the physical star, and then I draw a star on the screen. So it's almost like I'm hand-delivering them the star through the screen, and most of the time they really like this. I know this sounds super cheesy, but it works for a majority of my students. I also love to use stuffed animals in my class that only visit when the student does a good job. So for example, I have a little monkey in my class and this little monkey has the biggest brown eyes, just like humongous. If you're familiar with like the Beanie Babies, it's a Beanie Baby monkey with like these ginormous eyes and the monkey's name is Orange and the students only get to see Orange when they do a good job. So I use him as an award for my students. They normally run, they grab their favorite toy, and then their toy talks to my monkey, Orange, and we have a short conversation for, like, maybe 30 seconds. Uh, I don't use Orange all the time because I feel like sometimes it takes the attention away from the lecture, Um, but I do bring Orange out at least one time each lecture. So another interactive tool that you can use as an award is a website called wheelofnames.com. And this website was invented to randomly draw student names, but luckily I can erase those student names and put in my own stars. So this wheel of names is super cool because you can put rainbow stars in it. You can put uh, Star Wars stars, and then you and the student can spin the wheel together in your virtual classes. That's all you need. I mean, that's, that's pretty great. So what I normally do is give my students a physical star, and then I share screen to the wheelofnames.com, and we spin the wheel, and I give them a star through the wheel of names. I've also seen, uh, for another award, dressing a Barbie. That's pretty cool, too, where, you know, the Barbie starts out maybe in a nightdress or pajamas, and you and the student dress the Barbie together. I mean, obviously, this is going to be only for students who like Barbies, but you get the picture. There's an endless amount of awards that we can use for students. So here's like a cliff note that I made on awards. It's always good to tell the student how many awards to expect so they aren't asking for an infinite amount. And this cliff note comes from a personal experience of mine where I just gave a student kind of an infinite amount and they got it in their head that they were going to get more and more each class. So I would give them five stars, and then the next time I'd give them ten stars. But then in the next class, they would expect more than ten stars. So it's a good idea to tell the student, okay, you're going to get five stars today. You're going to get ten stars today. So that way, when you reach that limit in your class, they don't keep asking or silently expect more stars. And I know that sounds really small, but... For a lot of students, it's a big deal, the quantity of awards that you give them. All right, so here is my point number two, is to play music during class for an award. So if a student does really, really good, I like to throw like a dance party or play freeze dance with them during class. Uh, 
normally I use this as like a super important award. So if they get all five stars, we'll have like a freeze dance party or I'll let them tell me their favorite song and we'll dance to it for, you know, one minute or or something short. And the students really look forward to this when I do it specifically for my online um, out school and Cambly classes. They really love freeze dance. So these are just uh, my overall thoughts on awards. Uh, One thing that's also good to remember is to never let the students ask for awards because then they'll always ask for them. Uh, This was a mistake I made when I first started teaching online. I had a student who loved Elsa stars so much that she'd ask for them. And I was so nervous that the parent would get mad that I would give her Elsa stars. And that kind of defeats the purpose of an award because awards are there if the student's doing a good job and working hard. If they're asking for the stars, that's not really an award. And then there's nothing to celebrate when they do work hard. So as a newbie teacher, I quickly found out that that wasn't going to (laughs) work. And you really shouldn't award students who are asking for awards. That just does not work. And point number three for awards is about compliments. So as teachers, we need to make sure that we are verbally encouraging our students by saying things like, that was good or good job. Uh, Personally, I like to upgrade my compliments and make them more specific. Like I like to say, oh, that was a good sentence. Good job. Perfect English. And I like to specify exactly what they did that made me happy. Saying good job and that was good. Those are good in the classroom, but within moderation. Because if you say them too many times, you're just going to sound like teacher white noise. (laughs) And we don't want our compliments and our praise to sound like white noise to our students. So compliment all you want, but just be very mindful not to over compliment your students because then it doesn't make it special uh, when you're saying it too much. I also love to throw in a personal touch and say thank you or good job in that student's home language. So as you know, I am a proud online ESL teacher and I like to learn specific keywords in the languages that I teach. So for example, I teach a lot of Chinese students and I like to say hanbang, hanbang, which means amazing. That was good, amazing. And that lights up my students' face a lot because that's their own language. So it's kind of personalizing that compliment even more. And I highly encourage you to do that as ESL teachers. Uh, this is definitely not required. I am aware that a lot of teachers teach ESL students all over the world, and obviously you don't have to learn these keywords for every language um, that you experience, but it's definitely a good thing to think about and possibly do for specific types of learners. All right, you guys, we're almost ready to wrap up. Our last point that we're going to talk about today is demeanor. And demeanor is very important because it's the way the student perceives you. Uh, So point number one in demeanor is always look directly at the webcam when you're teaching online. And I know this is super awkward because you're not actually looking at the student on the screen. 
you're looking at the webcam. But bringing your eyes up to meet the webcam makes you look like you're looking directly at the student because they're looking at the picture of you and you're looking at the webcam. When you don't look at the webcam, it actually looks like you're looking down instead of at the student. Even if you're looking at the screen, it still makes you look like you're looking down because that's just how computers are made. I think it's dumb and it makes the class feel a little awkward on the teacher's end. But once you get in a habit of looking at the webcam, you're going to notice that your student's attitude improves a lot because they feel seen when you're looking directly at the webcam and directly at them. Truthfully, But I genuinely want you to try this. Next time you go teach a class online, I want you to look at the student and then look at the webcam. Look at the student and look at the webcam and see which one looks more friendly. I guarantee it'll be when you're looking at the webcam. Uh, I've actually had personal experience with students complimenting how much friendlier I looked when I looked directly at the webcam. Uh, This feedback came from one of my older students who lives in China. She's 25 years old, and she even said she just feels so much more heard and listened to when I'm looking straight at her. So please just give it a try. It'll definitely be worth it. And for point number two under the demeanor category is sense. Oftentimes, students can be very nervous during a class, whether they're ESL students or mainstream students. It helps to nod your head when they're speaking. So just slowly, just nodding your head while they're talking. Even if you don't understand what they're saying, just go ahead and nod your head because it encourages them to speak more during the class. Then after they're finished speaking, you can ask them to kind of clear up what they had to say or ask them to repeat what they said. And again, just nodding your head while they're talking just helps the whole demeanor of the class because it shows them that you're paying attention to what they're saying and you're hanging off every word that they say, which is a good feeling no matter what age you are. Um, So a tip I like to give is oftentimes it's hard with ESL students to actually understand what they're saying because a lot of times they're basic beginners. So I like to nod my head when they're speaking, and if I don't quite understand what they say, I like to cup my hand and put it over my ear and just say, repeat, repeat. And most of the time they know what that says. Or I say something like, again? Or, sorry? And they will repeat what they said. And again, I'll just nod my head. So I guess the synopsis of what I'm trying to say is no matter what they're saying, just nod your head because that will encourage them to engage more in your classroom. Because classroom engagement is really hard. (laughs) And when students feel heard and feel accepted and they feel understood, no matter what they're saying... That's a plus for us as teachers because we just want that engagement. We want them to feel accepted. We want them to feel heard and we want them to feel understood. So nodding your head, looking straight at that camera when they're talking makes a big difference. You don't have to do it every time they talk, but I highly recommend doing it every other time. all wrapped up.
thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to chat with y'all next time. Bye guys.